The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar has moved to reassure the public about the stability of Irish banks as shares in Credit Suisse hit a record low yesterday and shares in lenders around the world plunged uh, following that. But uh, this is all about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank in the United States, it might appear. But then there was more positive news today. Shares in Credit Suisse jumped by over 35% this morning after they'd secured a $54 billion lifeline from the Swiss National Bank. Now, to bring us the latest, I'm joined by Konstantin Gurdjieff, Adjunct Assistant Professor of Finance at Trinity College in Dublin. Konstantin, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Can you give us some background on Credit Suisse? Well, yes, there is a lot of background to Credit Suisse. It's the 17th largest um, institution, banking institution in Europe, so it is a systemically important institution globally. Um, it is certainly not the case of the Silicon Valley Bank. Um, it's a giant banking, um, you know, if you want, conglomerate, which trades globally. A lot of people think of it as a Swiss bank, Swiss regulators and Swiss uh if you want, banking sector itself thinks of it as a global bank like UBS. Um, and it is suffering from a number of problems which have been in place for now more than a decade and a half. In fact, um, it hasn't recovered from the global financial crisis. Its shares are currently about 90% down on a pre-global financial crisis peak. And uh, they've been suffering from a bit of a rot this uh, week as well uh, as a part of the broader sector, but also with some idiosyncratic problems in the, of their own as well. Mm. And that, of course, triggered um, all these issues and concerns about the Irish banking system. So off the bat, let's start there. And I would say that there is no contagion risk to the Irish banks from Credit Suisse. There is, however, pressure on the Irish banks, of course, which relates to the idea of the lack of growth in the Irish banking sector over the period of the last 15 years, lack of innovation lack of reforms, some similar exposures to the Credit Suisse and global banks to highly sensitive asset valuations, and in particular bonds, government bonds, and then, of course, risk to overextended corporates and households in terms of interest rates exposure. Mm. But these problems affect all of the banks pretty much around the world, and Dutch banks are not unique in this context. So by comparison with the kind of activities of Credit Suisse, uh, Irish banks are uh, kind of boring. Completely, absolutely, which is kind of the thing that you would wanted to have seen in the past in banking sector. But from Irish banks' perspective is that there is no longer, if you want, prospect of growth. So in the longer term, outside of this week's, uh, last couple of weeks' headwinds, Irish banks are facing very major problems that investors globally have no interest in them. And the, the, part, the reason for it is that because Irish banks have been um, effectively in conservatorship since the global financial crisis. And as a result of that, they're not lending, they're not expanding the base of their customers, they're not internationally present, and they're not offering any upside uh, for the investors into the newer markets, into the newer demographies, and Mm -hmm. so forth. So um, their problem is entirely different. But as I said before, they do share some of the issues with the likes of Credit Suisse, and these relate in particular to the rise in interest rates environment. And as a result of that, the collapse in the valuation of the government bonds worldwide, not just in, uh, you know, in case of Ireland, it actually is not as bad as it has been in some other countries. And of course, the changes in the exchange rates, which are very important, Credit Suisse experience, for, experience, for example, about 111 billion uh, withdrawals by the customers of their deposits late last year. And uh, that was predicated mostly by the changes in exchange rates between the U.S. dollar and, uh, and Swiss franc and U.S. dollar and the euro. So as a result of that, you can see that those kind of global headwinds, they're present everywhere. 
Irish mm-hmm. banks are exposed to those as well. But I think their biggest problem is that they just can't do business anymore. Now, uh, Credit Suisse um, had its name tarnished somewhat by uh, some of its, uh, shall we say, lending uh, and uh, depositor adventures. I mean, they were facing a court case over allowing drug money to go through the bank. Yeah, of course. Like big banks like that, if you look at the Deutsche Bank, I call that the Deutsche Bank disease, really. Um, if you look at the banks like that, you look at the past UBS, which they tried to clean up very aggressively, cost them a lot of money, cost them a lot of time and a lot of, if you want, disruption. But they try to address that at least. So Credit Suisse and Deutsche Bank have been struggling with those type of issues. They are not unique. HSBC has been as well in there, you know, other banks as well. So, like, it's, there's no, uh, there is no banking conglomerate of that scale that is 100% and completely clean and, you know, uh, everything is absolutely unquestionable. The things about Credit Suisse is that those scandals, those issues, they're on the back burner right now. They're old news flow. In order to understand what's happening today, you have to focus on the current news flow. And in the current news flow, the only about material things about their governance issues are the um, questions about the uh, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission um, asking for the um, adre- uh, to address um, the management statements uh, in terms of the material weaknesses in the firm's 2021 and 2022 financial reporting, something that the Credit Suisse has done now. And that came through in the last, you know, week or so. Um, and then the other thing is that there are some smaller scandals, not to, not to downplay them. They're indicative of the overall rotten culture and rotten strategy, if you want, and governance issues at the Credit Suisse. But they're not as important, you know, as you but know, to the entire crisis. The question is, is a Credit Suisse simply too big to fail, will not be allowed to fail by the Swiss government and the Swiss banking system? Not only Swiss banking system, this is a systemically important bank globally. It won't be allowed to fail by all of the regulators around the world. Uh, U.S. Fed, for example, is standing by and watching the situation. And I'm sure if the uh, Swiss National Bank runs into the problem funding uh, Credit Suisse, there will be step in by other banking authorities as well. So it's not, you know, I, I don't think it's going to go away. There are some issues relating to the idea of post-global financial crisis reforms and how the bank can go away. So those living wills notions of the banks as well. And in fact, Credit Suisse was one of the uh, only one of the six banks uh, tested by the Swiss regulators last year in terms of their credit, uh, in terms of their living wills. Uh, that had been shown deficiencies in that area. So their wind down would not be a very orderly process right now. So as a result of that, of course, I don't think that the Swiss National Bank would allow the bank like Credit Suisse to fail. That said, the questions are always about, and this is what triggered yesterday's rot in particular, the questions are always about how much firepower does Swiss National Bank have in order to undertake a full-on liquidity and solvency rescue of the institution the size of the Credit Suisse. And that's the doubts about that, the doubts about the Swiss National Bank commitment and ability to do so is what Mm -hmm. triggered uh, yesterday's rot in Credit Suisse shares. Now, uh, it pledged to become a simpler bank. What does that actually mean? (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. So uh, in basic terms, last year, the Credit Credit Suisse declared yet another annual report, uh, annual loss uh, about, it took a charge of about 7.3 billion uh, Swiss francs in 2022 itself. 
not particularly great financial performance. The bank has been suffering, as I said before, in the share price terms for a long time. So the bank has gone um, at the beginning, of, end of 2021, beginning of 2022, it's gone on the idea that it's going to restructure itself. It's going to restructure itself along the lines of what the UBS its partner global bank from Switzerland did as well. Um, UBS did it uh, in the years after the global financial crisis. It was a very painful process. And it's basically involved divesting out of the high risk activities, such as, for example, big derivatives exposures, uh, big exposures to the uh, structured credit products um, that might be riskier, the likes of MBSs and you know all that stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, as a result of the and changing also the emphasis away from the high net worth uh, focus of the um, banking services provision towards the more diversified base of the customers, towards more diversified corporate base of the customers and so forth. So there are several banks which have done this type of procedure. Um, those who have been successful, like UBS, started them about a decade ago at the time when the cost of capital was much cheaper and taking the hit on the side of the, uh, you know, reducing your revenue, reducing your asset base and reducing your client base was still feasible. Unfortunately, the two banks have been laggards in that process, uh, even though they've been talking up a storm about doing so. One of them Credit Suisse, another one is the Deutsche Bank, and it's another Deutsche Bank really disease, which Credit Suisse is suffering from. So when last year Credit Suisse uh, raised more than 4 billion uh, Swiss francs to uh, as a new capital in order to put in place those reforms, the cost of capital was extremely high of doing so, and it hasn't really gotten underway in terms of implementing or even outlining actual reforms yet. So it's late to the game. The game itself is very questionable in terms of its, uh, you know, how much it actually can improve banks' uh, profitability, performance, and risk profile over the longer term. And uh, it's actually, is, um, you know, already have been surpassed by its competition. So from point of view of the investor, if I'm an equity investor and I'm considering a longer term position in Credit Suisse, I really don't see an upside there. On that depressing note for uh, Credit Suisse, uh, Constantin Gurdjieff, <laughs> Adjunct Assistant Professor of Finance at Trinity College in Dublin. Constantin, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.